Welcome to Strong Faith Fit Life, the dailyish podcast where I explore the intersection of faith and health to help you build strength from the inside out. My name is Deborah. Welcome to the show. Episode 11 Hidden Sabotage. When I was a young girl, about 13, my parents bought this really cool house that backed up to a wetland preserve. My sister and I, and I only had one at the time, there's two of them now, were excited to move into our really our new house. We'd picked out the colors, we'd gotten to help with all of the design and layout. Um, so it was beautiful, it was new, and there were lurking dangers. One of the things we were a little worried about moving um, was our rabbits. We had actually quite the collection of fluffy bunnies. Um, we didn't just have one cute fluffy bunny in a cage. We had a lot of them. Um, started with two domestic rabbits named Mr. and Mrs. Bunny. So actually, because they were male and female. And then somebody had found a wild rabbit had gotten trapped in a workshop and they knew we had rabbits. So they asked if we would take it. So we rehabbed a very sweet wild rabbit and we kept him in a cage. Um, and he had an injury and we, we helped take care of him. Just so you know, we didn't like just stuff a rabbit in a cage. And then we had a friend who collected dwarf rabbits and her dwarf rabbits had babies who had babies who had babies. So we ended up with some of those babies and we thought we ended up with two of the same gendered babies. We did not. And so we ended up with rabbit babies and rabbit babies and rabbit babies. If you're ready to take control of your health and align it with your faith, then head over to Facebook and join the community group at Strong Faith Fit Life. That's Strong Faith Fit Life. Okay, back to the show. So at the time we lived in this really cool established older neighborhood. It was probably, it was about a half an acre on the land that we were on. And I know that because I had to mow every week and I got paid like $5 to do that. Um, and our rabbits were actually really safe in this neighborhood. Again, older established neighborhood, not a lot of trees, lots of houses. Okay. So the worst thing we had to deal with was maybe the occasion gar occasional garden snake. Okay. But the new house had lots of unknowns and we knew this going into it. I don't think as a kid that we, uh, <laughs> that we knew exactly what we were getting into, but we knew there was a wildlife preserve behind our house. Okay. So we were very, we were very excited about that. No neighbors behind us. And the new house sat on a very small piece of land and they'd carved out most of it from the wetland preserve. But what they hadn't done was they hadn't finished the property all the way to the back of the property line. They actually left the wetland preserve line and just basically sawed it around the, um, the base of the house. And so my sisters and I, my sister and I, single sister at the time, we went to the new house to scope out where we were going to put our rabbits. And we had this rabbit hutch and it was two-sided. And we basically walked it into the unfinished part of our property because we were tired of scooping rabbit waste. <laughs> and I will say this, rabbit waste is actually the easiest thing I've ever scooped in my life. I complained about it at the time, but having done other animals now and raised other animals, let me tell you, very easy in the scheme of things. But we were really excited about this. We, there were these pictures, so picture this, guys. So we're at backyard, we see our back porch, we have these two massive saw, saw palmetto bushes. They're huge. And there was a space in between the two of them that was perfect for a rabbit hutch. Now we had this fancy rabbit hutch. They had like a little room for each rabbit. So they had like a hutch and we had hay and the whole nine yards. We were going to walk that back in there so the rabbit waste would fall down below and we would just push it into the swamp and the swamp would eat it. So we worked it out, cleaned up the ground, flattened it out, 
walk that rabbit hutch out there, set it down. My sister is like, hey, I hear this buzzing noise. And I was like, cool. And I went over and I listened and I hear this buzzing noise too. And I'm like, I wonder what kind of freaky bug lives in this palmetto bush. Now we grew up in Florida. Okay, guys, we'd been here for a long time. We have been playing in saw palmetto bushes for years. Okay, never dawned on us that there could be a danger hidden inside the saw palmetto bush because quite frankly, we'd played in them for years. We chopped off their palm fronds. We used them for all kinds of things. You do have to shave the spines off. Those suckers are, they're called saw palmettos for a reason. But I will say this, it wasn't long before we found out why our rabbits, having our rabbits nestled between two saw palmetto bushes was a bad idea. The first week in living there, my parents saw a snake. Now, there are all kinds of snakes. We saw all kinds of wildlife. Cottonmouths, coral snakes, bald eagles, golden eagles. Um, we seen we had seen cottonmouths wrapped around people's doorknobs. Like when I say wildlife preserve, I really mean wildlife preserve. Eventually, we actually would hear the very delightful croaking sound of a young alligator that actually had to be rehomed by Florida Wildlife and Game. So <clears throat> when I say wildlife preserve, I I legit mean it. Like the wildlife preserved heavily in that thing. You could see the, the cotton mouth like swimming across the water. We had large galoshes that came up to our, like our, my husband says they don't not call that here in the States. Um, Wellington's rain boots. Maybe there's, that's the word we call them here, rain boots. And we like up to our knees because we weren't allowed in the water unless we had something protecting us because there was so much unknowns, so many unknowns, excuse me. So one night my parents are sitting outside on the back porch enjoying the ambiance of the wildlife preserve. And my mom notices something in the grass. And out comes from that saw palmetto bush where we had our rabbits, a six foot Eastern diamondback rattlesnake. Surprise! Surprise. And whew, wow, talk about setting our rabbits up for some sabotage. We literally stuck the snake's food in a cage in front of his face, right? The snake was like, dinner is floating around here and it is just free for the taking. It's a rabbit buffet. You know what? Here's the thing. I know that's a fun story, right? But as young, as my younger self did, we often set ourselves up for what we think is success, but it comes out to bite us just like that snake did. Grocery shopping you says, I can bring home cookies and be responsible. Nighttime you knows you are gonna eat a sleeve of those suckers. Daytime you says, I can just eat a few potato chips. The Lay's advertisement says, bet you can't eat just one. Uh, and that's true, I totally can't eat just one. And you know you can't either. What we're doing here is hidden sabotage. We're secretly undermining our own goals. And most of us don't even realize that we're making those decisions. I like to remind my clients that when we're already eating the snack, it's kind of too late. In fact, I actually think it's too late when you're standing in front of the pantry and you're hungry looking for the snack to eat. It's too late. We have to back it up and look at the whole picture, the whole situation. And we have to ask ourselves, why did we end up in the pantry? What was the reason that we ended up here? And we might find, and I'm gonna give you an example. We might find this, that every single Tuesday we make the same choice and it leads us somewhere we don't wanna be. 
And it all started Monday night when instead of packing a lunch in the evening, you said, don't worry about it. I can get something at work. Then at noon, you've told yourself to pick something good. But you know what? You thought there were more options and realized there was just one of those really sad little salads that they have in the bowl. You know, you pull the cellophane off of and it's got like four little turkey chunks on it and like a bed of lettuce, which is like no food. And you find yourself in the evening after dinner, standing in the pantry going, why am I hungry? I've eaten today. The reality is you didn't actually eat that much. And since you didn't eat that much, your body is searching for energy and it's telling you, go to the pantry, get some food. And you know what? I don't know about you, but at 8 30, 9 o'clock at night, I'm not cooking another meal. That sleeve of cookies looks good. That bag of potato chips looks delicious. I'm going to eat it. I just am. And I will say this. It takes a ton of deep reflection to see that the sabotage had nothing to do with the choice in the pantry. It didn't. It was the choices that led up to standing in front of the pantry, hungry, tired, looking for energy, knowing that you're just going to grab whatever quick and easy convenience food, highly refined, that you're going to, that's going to be there so you can just take it to the couch and relax. So when it comes to changing behavior, we have to change patterns of behavior. Those start long before that single pinpoint activity of standing in the pantry. We have to back up, take a look at the broader picture, and start reflecting. So don't bother beating yourself up for the one choice. Start looking to see what that one choice and the steps that led up to it. And when you figure out those steps, you can make a lifetime of lasting change. Hey, if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to follow the show so you can get notified when I drop a new episode. You can also join me in the Facebook group, Strong Faith Fit Life. I hope to see you there. Until next time. Bye.